to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, when the treasurer wishes oh, to go no. there or not, I would forbid him going. Forbid him going to the Senate. To, uh, to uh, account this unrepresentative swell over there. Nick, how you going, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really good this week, Rob. How about you? I'm great, mate. Yeah. It's a lot more relaxing this week. I know. For a I few know. reasons. I know. Well, it's, isn't it funny that our uh, finishing of exams coincides with finally they can finish counting the votes in the US <laughs> and uh, Joe Biden can be deemed president-elect? Allegedly. <laughs> well, you know, to everyone in, a, in on this living world. In some other place, Trump and his supporters, allies, think that they won the election, apparently, if you count the legal votes. If you count the legal votes. <laughs> Dude, the amount of memes out of that, the legal meme is fucking hilarious. I love that Australia legally won the third test in the Ashes yeah. last year. <laughs> oh, man. It's, God, it's so funny. Well, <laughs> it, it's funny to, to the point that um, you hope... There's no actual chance that Trump can do pull anything in the courts. Yeah, th- this is funny as long as it stays a meme, right? Yeah, let's, let's keep that. <laughs> yeah, I I hear that the Trump uh, administration is um uh giving a hard time to the transition team. So I think there's like a transition transition team when you go into the White House. Yeah. They like get officers and stuff in the White House to prepare. Yeah, I, I hear Trump is giving them a hard time. Well, you know how usually you see the former president and the current, or the president-elect, or the current, pre- you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see those two um, have a, like a chat and they discuss, you know, big policy issues yeah. and stuff. Obama and Trump did it. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's that been happening since forever. Yeah. I highly doubt that Trump's going to speak to Joe about <laughs> no. the biggest problems. It's, it seems unlikely. Well, mm. yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting to see if Trump has to be dragged out kicking and screaming or if he'll eventually concede i don't think he will i don't think he will either i think the the only time you'll concede is in like two or three years when he's in some stupid interview and he yeah. just laughs it off and is like oh of course i knew i was just like trying to yeah i'm ch- definitely not a moron yeah, yeah. um and that'll be well, really bad on that point do you reckon this whole time trump has been like some mastermind and has like coaxed up this populist ideal for himself mm. or do you reckon he is just an idiot really good question i think he's just an idiot yeah, I tend I've thought to agree. about this a lot. Yeah. I think that there's mistakes that were made that I think a smart man con- like concocting this whole idea would not make, mm. if that makes sense. I think he definitely believes it. Yeah, if if he is a really smart man and he's just played this persona for four years, it's fair dues, you know? Congra- <laughs> congratulations, Donald. Well, if you're a smart man at this point, you'd concede. Yeah, think. true. Apparently, Jared Kushner and uh, Melania Trump said that he should resign he's trying to persuade him to resign but i don't know there's conflicting reports on that i've so heard that melania is looking for a divorce really? have you actually heard that i have man. i've heard around the well, it's got an inside scoop around the yeah in the in the, in the bed of the yeah, white house she's just waiting for a uh um him to lose so she doesn't have to fill a role as first lady yeah wow Maybe that's why <laughs> she wants him to resign. <laughs> oh, for anyone who doesn't know, last week, I think, oh, it was last weekend on Saturday, I think we heard that Biden had won Pennsylvania and that was that. He also won Georgia and Nevada. So in terms of electoral courage... I don't electoral think he's won Georgia votes. yet, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, he will. I mean, he will. Arizona? Uh, 
Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, he'll, win, he'll, he'll win Georgia. He um, so by electoral college margins, not a close victory at all. But it certainly... Dominated in popular vote, though. Yeah. Which, yeah. if you ask me, is how the US election should be decided. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly not the rebuke of Trump that everyone wanted, though. Still got the, yeah, no. the most amount of votes any other presidential candidate has besides Biden. Yeah. It wasn't the blue wave that me and Nick maybe predicted. Well, yeah, I, I, I was so sure. And I made it clear last episode how I still don't really know why I was wrong, but I'm waiting to be uh, We'll persuaded. find out very soon. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll leave that until everything settles. Yeah, everything settles, all the analysis comes out. A Ooh. few papers are written. <laughs> you know, Peer-reviewed study. Yeah, a few polls, 1,001 <laughs> courses are designed. You know, we'll, we'll see. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> what else has been going on in the world, Nick? Let's finally um, we can get away from the US this episode, guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't have any news bullet points. Not that prepared this week. But fair enough. Fair uh, last night, I think it was last night or the day before, a key figure in the Palestinian Liberation Organization passed away, and he was a big advocate of her peace uh, and a, a peaceful settlement in that conflict with Israel. There you go, Nick. So it's a bad I sign for for yeah two state relations, especially given now that there's a, a more um, amiable president to the Palestinians in, in the White House. Mm, great. And there will be. So, yeah. It's, it's a, kind of sad, Rob, actually. Yeah, that part of the world is tough. We've got to talk about the old uh, two-state solution. At some point, yeah. Yeah, I need conflict. to brush up on my like year 11 uh, <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. History 3, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine, Rob. Ah, oh, yeah. Cheer me up. Yeah, I mean, what else has been going? I don't know what else has been going on. Um, we finished exams. That's what's going on in our lives. That's yeah, nice. that has that. That was nice, actually. We're both a, a basically qualified political scientists. Yeah, <laughs> and and economists. <laughs> God. Yeah, I like that we um we became qualified political scientists literally the week that we like vastly got our predictions wrong in the US. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, the value yeah. of a political science degree. Not that much, maybe. Yeah, political science is dumb. It kind of is, though. I don't. Have we talked about this? People I don't just, know. People. I, li- I've talked about it to Tom last night or the other night. Uh, yeah. Basically, in political science, there's always three theories to describe anything that happens, and one theory is completely stupid because it's like just way too like focused on simplistic. Simplistic. The other theory is completely stupid because it's way too simplistic on something else, and then the third theory is like. Oh, why don't we just like consider historical context and yeah. that'll explain it. And but then the problem with that theory it's just not really useful. It's not predictive at all. So they all suck. <laughs> they all suck. It's true they all suck, but you still get the dudes who tour around like the world like saying their theory is the best and just writing books Fucking on morons. books. Ah, it's me off. And it is a lot of opinion at the end of the day. It's very hard to collect evidence and uh and do kind of proper analysis in political science, so. Yeah, it is, Nick. Uh, it's a challenging field, but it is a challenging. I field, think it's it? made, uh, you know, it's made all the brighter with me and you in it, Rob. <laughs> I, I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Nick. <laughs> Not sure about the economic side, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you know, we might be the only university in the world where you can get an economics degree without knowing really anything about maths, which says says something about the quality of our degrees. Yes, mate. <laughs> um, speaking of UWI, uh, good, Nick, yeah. 
What has been the big news? Some some big news of the last few days has been the uh, you know disgrace of Christian Porter that's come out. Yeah, basically being a womanizer throughout his whole life. Yeah, it's come back to bite him. Uh, you know, which yes, I agree with. <laughs> yeah, sexist throughout his whole whole career. Clearly, a terrible attitude uh, towards women. Yeah. Um, and this was, of course, uh, disclosed on a, on Four Corners on Monday night. Monday night? Tuesday night? I think it was Monday. Monday night, where me and you, Rob, were both sitting in our lounge rooms uh, watching that program, texting yeah. during it. Couldn't believe it, really. Yeah, it was quite uh, disturbing, yeah. the information that came out. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Christian Porter, ex Boy, which is the... The school that me and Rob went to, ex UWA alumni, oh, mm-hmm. or he's still a UWA alumni, but <laughs> uh, and then went had a brief law career, uh, got a got a seat in the House of Representatives in in Western Australia, and is now worked his way up to Attorney General, mm-hmm. and he was always seen as a bit of a young star in the Liberal Party, um, you know, way back to twenty thirteen. Yeah, a lot of people saw him as a future pre- uh, prime minister at some point. Yeah, kind of prime minister material. Um, yeah, he he escalated. He got got up quite quickly in the the rungs of the Liberal Party. Social Services Minister before this, Attorney General, big spot Attorney General. Yeah, massive. quite prestigious. Yeah. Um. So Nick, do you want to just sort of run through the the allegations made against Porter and his response? I guess. Yeah. Well, it really begins um at the prestigious halls of UWA and the UWA Law School, um, which, you know, it's it's interesting. Maybe as a, an aside, it'll be interesting to see what the law school has to say about this and what its impact on that might be. Yeah. The law school, which I'm about to enter, for anyone who cares. Oh, yes, man. <laughs> um, but essentially, they brought up a lot of... That Four Corners report brought up a lot of evidence, uh, like um, law journals and school journals and stuff. Uh, about how essentially Christian Porter had a pretty terrible attitude towards women. Not going to repeat any of the things. I mean, just watch the Four Corners report if you're interested. Yeah. But essentially just a, a string of evidence saying that from an early age, he had a kind of a bit of a toxic attitude towards women. It's really vile. Like, I found that stuff probably the most disturbing out of everything shown. Um, the things he'd say and, you know quite proudly say, you know, writing this on, you know, school uh, books and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty disturbing, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think what, what was maybe really disturbing to me as well, Rob, was we're very much in that environment now. In we, I mean, we went to the same school as him as well in Hale School. We're in the same university as him. Um, it, I still see that kind of stuff all the time. Like, literally, the, the kind of language and things that were referenced in that report, I still see people do at UWA. I saw a lot of a hail. So, you know, I don't think it's a problem that's really gone away. There are people that come through that have those same attitudes, even in the 21st century. Yeah, clearly this isn't um, a problem. This is still quite a big problem, actually. Um and I think Christian Porter actually made a great point about this is if we educate our, our young much better and underst- we understand uh, the harm that this language does, then hopefully we can start to deal with this better. Unfortunately, those words have come from the completely wrong man. Yeah. Um, with all his history. It, yeah. That was a, that was a, sna- a, snapshot, a snapshot from a Q&A uh, 
appearance he made i think in 2017 or something yeah um unbeknownst to everyone else at that time and as this four corners report later elaborated on um as a as a minister uh senior government minister he was caught having a relationship with one of his members of staff um an affair because he was currently he was married at the time since i think he's uh now they split for divorce. in july this year or last year from, from yep. memory Yep, so having an inappropriate relationship with one of his staffers, he was called into Malcolm Turnbull's office um, about that affair, um, and Malcolm Turnbull had a word with him. Um, uh, later promoted him to Attorney General a few weeks later. <laughs> um, Good that. But after the um, Barnaby Joyce scandal broke out a little bit later, Malcolm Turnbull instituted the famous bonk ban which was a, a directive in the Liberal Party saying you can't have sexual relations with your staff, which, I mean, it should be should really go without saying, I think. Yeah, it really should. Um, speaking of that bonk ban, two things that I would like to touch on. Have you seen uh, Barnaby's uh, coming out of support of <laughs> Christian uh, oh, Porter? Of course. And, and against the bonk ban in general? Oh, what? He has a point against the bonk ban. Yeah, he says wow. that as long as it's consensual, I don't know why this is such a big deal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's, you know, clearly quite a big power dynamic going on. If yeah. you're, <laughs> I, th- um, I think to anyone who's who's maybe persuaded by that argument, I think the important thing to understand is the power imbalance. Yeah, um, definitely in that kind of relationship, and uh, a testimony from Sarah Hansen Young, who's a Green senator, on that Four Corners report, kind of elaborated into. The situation that staffer who was having an affair with Christian Porter was in, and she was quite distressed, uh, and there were a lot of complications with that relationship. But I think that all arises out of the empower balance, the power. Yeah, imbalance. definitely. And it's really not—it's not a good relationship to have, especially when the the man is is in the power powerful position. You know, they're entitled; they're members of parliament. Um, introduces all all sorts of complications. Definitely, Nick. Yeah. So that's bad. It is very bad. Um, and another thing I'd like to point out was today, I think uh, Scott Morrison, or it might have been yesterday even, had a uh, press conference with another liberal woman about this whole bonk ban. So I saw this. <laughs> and the woman starts speaking and he just goes, wait a minute, no, no, let me talk. <laughs> he just interrupts her. <laughs> I like, know. oh, mate, you couldn't do any worse in I trying know. to persuade that your party is... Uh, you know, progressive thinking surrounding women's values. I know. Uh, so, so Christian Porter has, since the allegations came out on Four Corners, he's denied that he had an affair with that staffer, even though there are so so much evidence. There's, Four Corners said there were six different witness testimonials. There's a photo taken of it. Um, so there's a lot of evidence, basically. I think there is a lot of evidence. Yeah, it's hard to. D- did he threaten a suit? Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. I think he said he's going to sue. He's going to pursue litigation um, for defamation. Good luck with that, Christian. Let's see how that goes for you. And you know, I was sitting my I was sitting with my parents, and we were all going, "Oh, when we're watching Four Corners, Christian Porter will have to resign now." You know, there's no way. You know, this this kind of guy can can run a a, 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 like an office. As you know, prestigious as uh, Attorney General. Is that well? He's yeah, the chief lawmaker of the in the country. Very very. prestigious role future prime minister potentially that's what people say anyway yeah um it, it it is really shocking that uh he hasn't resigned yet to be honest i'm surprised by that um but he doesn't look like he will resign no. he, he said that he needs to get on with the job etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And uh, ScoMo has said that, you know, essentially his argument is those were instances which took place under Malcolm Turnbull. So he, and they were dealt with under Malcolm Turnbull, so he won't take any further action. Of course. Which, you know, I think is, makes no sense. Fucking spineless Scott Morrison. Well, the full extent of, of what the allegations weren't available to Malcolm Turnbull at the time, as he said on Q&A, that yeah. night after Four Corners. And Malcolm Turnbull said um, if he knew the full extent of what happened, he may have reconsidered the promotion t- uh, for Porter to Attorney General. Definitely. Fucking spineless from Scott Morrison. Yeah, so ScoMo doesn't really... I, yeah, I don't think he wants to engage with the issue at all, really. Yeah. Um, I must highly, highly recommend watching this uh, episode of Four Corners. I'm sure it's on Ivy or something. It is you know, good journalism, which is surprising from the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I like the ABC. Yeah, they're right. Um, but I just, yeah, I really got quite annoyed watching that whole Q&A uh, or the, and, and Four Corners because, you know, as, as we've said before, this is a, a kind of gender imbalance issue and, you know, no one wants to hear two males talk about how women are oppressed. But I think me and you're in the position where we really see other, you know, males, our mates, people we know come up and and we see this kind of thing that happens at high school and through UWA and clearly it, it follows itself to even parliament. Yeah, it, it has clearly, it's clearly, um, you know, these sort of disrespect towards women is built in, uh, you know, your adolescence years, I think. Uh, and it continues into later life as shown by Christian Porter. Um, and clearly a lot more needs to be done by both universities and I reckon bo- all, all boys schools in general, yeah. particularly Hale after this one. Yeah. Well, Hale, um, will be, <laughs> Hale will be sweating a little bit after yeah. that one. Um, to try and, you know, make it clear to young boys that this type of behavior isn't tolerated and isn't right. Definitely. And I mean, I think there's a big takeaway for just young guys in general as well to just reflect and say, you know, it's not good enough. Yeah. It's absolutely not good enough, that kind of view towards women, that kind of toxic view where they're really not dehumanized and not seen as people. They're seen as objects, um, you know, people to fool around with. They're not given the proper respect. And that feeds into structural, systemic, uh, um, uh, what marginalization against women. Yeah. So I think, you know, all guys should say it's not good enough and just remember that and hold other people to account as well. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it is, it's systemic, but it's important to look at everyone's own perspective and what everyone else can do about this. Yeah, I, I entirely agree, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. There's a, a speech that no one wanted. But yeah, we should also say we're two straight white males, so yeah, don't listen to us. <laughs> yeah, I think you know there's a lot of good you know uh, more like if you want to learn more about the the stuff about power imbalances and the kind of way that women are um, victimized in those situations, there's a lot better resources. Watch Q and A, watch the Four Corners, read about feminism. Yeah, pretty much interesting stuff. Really, we can try and relay as much of that information as possible, but. At the end of the day, me and Nick don't have the perspective, really, of these problems as well as most women would. Yeah, and you should listen to the people who are kind of affected by this because, you know, they're the people who you have to um, get what, you know, get the positive change out of. Definitely. 
So I agree, you go, go to those people, read some, read about feminism. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't really, uh, you wouldn't really think about. It seems maybe one of those things that seems on the surface, you know, pretty straightforward, but definitely not a lot of stuff going on. There is a lot of stuff going on, Nick. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> what was, uh, what was interesting as well that night, Rob, on Q&A was Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> I just love it. Can I say as a side, I love it how Malcolm Turnbull is just taking furious revenge on the Liberal Burnt government. all his bridges. <laughs> so funny. So funny. It started with that first Q&A after he was ditched as Prime Minister and it's only getting better and better. <laughs> um, so funny how Malcolm Turnbull is doing this. But in that Q&A alongside him on the panel was also uh, Paul Kelly, who's the editor of The Australian, big News Corp uh, newspaper. And Malcolm Turnbull bloody slammed Paul Kelly and Murdoch Press and The Australian, essentially for its uh, bias, media concentration, ideological warfare uh, against on on important issues like climate change. And Malcolm Turnbull was saying, you've turned an issue of, of science a physics into an ideological debate when it shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I it couldn't agree more, Nick. <laughs> interesting. Um, it was very interesting. Again, I'd highly suggest watching that clip. Just mm. what, pretty much watch ABC on a Monday night. <laughs> Q and A is good. That, there's some Q and A's not as good. This one is really good. This one was really good, and it's really great to see that. Um, you know, Kevin Rudd's petition and you know, inquiries into Murdoch's power into media is finally being questioned in Australia. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, the Senate has recently agreed to do investigations into Murdoch Media um, with Labor and the crossbench pretty much yeah, supporting it by lottery. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so clearly we're making movement on this problem that me and you have been talking about for quite a while now, Nick. Hey? Yeah, media bias, big issue. It's one of one of the big issues, really. One of the um, big issues, yeah. Yeah, when media can just sway election and, you know, who's making those calls, it's bloody Murdoch um, and the higher-ups at News Corp yeah. who, are, you know, have their own ideological, you know, vested interests in swaying public opinion one way or another, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, the, I mean, death taxes is probably the biggest example I can think of. Remember death that taxes, at the last yeah. election? Came up again in the Queensland election as well. It did. I think the, the my biggest example would be the Gillard era. The Gillard, the oh, Rudd Gillard yeah. Rudd era yeah. of the Labor Party perfectly shows how Murdoch media can ruin a government. When in reality, what was the main argument against the Gillard government? Stopping the boats and the carbon tax, I believe. Right? Yeah. A carbon tax is one of the best fucking policies on on carbon control, right? And again, this issue of physics and science has been turned into an ideological debate. Yeah. Thanks for that snippet, Malcolm. Really yeah. good little phrase, that one. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is no longer an ideological issue. I don't think it should be. Well, it, it's become that, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, it never was. It never should be. Yeah, I think the great example to illustrate that is you look at the CFC issue in the 90s. Do you remember that? where spray cans made like these bad chemicals and it was destroying the ozone layer. Big environmental problem, basically. And that wasn't bloody ideological. All the countries came together and said, we can't use this anymore. Um, so people didn't use that. And, you know, there was an economic cost there. Yep. Not as big as climate change, but, you know, the world was able... It wasn't turned into an ideological issue. I think another example would be Richard Nixon, a Republican 
president making the environmental agency in the US. Yeah. These issues were in the past not ideological and they've been hijacked, I think, by media <coughs> and by parties that have latched onto that power through the media. Yeah. I mean, there's a vested, you know, there's an interest in, in News Corp doing this. It's, it's, you know, food for the culture war. It really does feed the culture war. It, it engages audience, riles them up. And it you know, leads to support for the status quo. Yeah. You know, the Liberal Party and the coalition who has the interests of the Murdoch press and their higher-ups at heart, really. Hence, as shown in the, the Senate today, when the Liberal government and nationals universally voted against um, the you know inquiry, which Labor and the Greens supported. Yeah. Ridiculous, right? It's so stupid. Nick, I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, this is you know, one of the, the terrible issues. Really, it, it had such a big impact. I just think you can't underestimate that. It really can't be under, um, you know, under, under you know, stated how big of a problem climate change will be in the future. Um, and I think it's great that it's finally this whole idea of media bias is finally getting a, a mainstream platform. Yeah. Because in the past, you've had academics like Chomsky and stuff, and really just people on the internet talking about this problem. Um, and the fact that it's finally made its way onto the mainstream can only mean a good thing in my mind. Yeah, and you know the the problem is Rob that the reason why your ALP leaders and your coalition leaders don't want to support this issue is because as soon as they do, they're an enemy of the Murdoch press. Yeah, and they're just destroyed in the media, and especially around election time, that's just terrible. You so there's, there's no value in doing that, even as an ALP leader, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why they don't really go hard after that News Corp thing, even though News Corp treats them harshly anyway. But yeah. if, if this issue gains more traction, then you know it's it just needs to reach a kind of fever pitch to the point where it's in interest for one or both of the major parties to support this. Do you think it can get there though? Oh, good save. Sorry. Rob, this, Rob, this <laughs> huge frame just knocked the microphone over. Yeah, mate, of course. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, not really. I don't think it can. I think no. Murdoch's power, although it's mainly in, invested in print newship, I think you know its power over television and such as well makes it very difficult to rile up the majority of Australians. And I think you need the vast majority of Australians on this issue. And unfortunately, 500,000 Australian signing petition isn't the majority. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not, very, not very optimistic about this. It's unfortunate. Read Manufacturing Consent, guys, or watch the documentary by Noam Chomsky. Just open The Australian and just look <laughs> at the articles, all the opinions. It's just terrible. The way they attacked Greta Thunberg, horrible. You know, she, she made a point of illustrating how the Australian media, specifically conservative media, was for some reason attacking her personally um, yeah. out of all the kind of world global press. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> God, it, it's the, not the fact that that represents us on the international stage. Uh, it's, it's awful. Speaking of uh, media bias again and further on that, I've noticed that uh, Sky News is pretty much the only media corporation in the whole world which is st still promoting these Donald Trump conspiracy theories. Yeah, um, even when Fox News... Yeah, has... Fox, the Associated Press, CNN, everyone in the US has given up. Even the New York Post... Which is like the most yeah, true alt right uh, newspaper going. They've they've started to say that the president has lost his mind, but Sky News hasn't. Don't worry, Sky News in Australia, 
They've got, got your back. Got your back, Donald. And, you know, I just heard them say, you know, if you look at all the other Australian mainstream uh, newspapers, they're all saying that Biden's won. We're the only people saying that there's voter fraud. I'm like, yeah, fucking read the writing on the wall. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's... We're a bit rambly here, Nick, I know, but it it's just so disappointing that this is occurring and that media in Australia is seeming to turn go even more down the toilet than what it was before. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, the I think it's the Australian is the only major newspaper in the Murdoch empire that like runs at a loss. Yeah. And they just don't care cuz it's you know his ideological it's, yeah, pal. Yeah. Um it's the only one that is the what's the one they care about. Well, so. a lot of a lot of like journalists read the Australian as well. You know, like what yeah. what is written in the Australian today is news tomorrow a lot of the time. Yeah, it's got a lot of staying power. Um, so that's terrible. How did this happen? <laughs> there's a there's a lot of things. The A Triple C doesn't have a backbone. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't have the power, really, does it? Yeah, yeah. They they need to just dissolve um that, just regulate. And you know, the reason why it's not easier to just say we're going to regulate it is just because of you know the legacy of neoliberalism. Yeah, which is a very much look a, at that, Nick. It all ties back I to know. neoliberalism. I know, very much a deregulation platform of, of any industry. Yeah. So if you're talking about regulating the media industry, suddenly, no, you can't do that. But whose interest does that serve? The same bloody people who are propagating neoliberalism. Exactly. You know, Sky News often talks about elites and stuff, and how the elites have you know stolen the victory for Joe Biden and stuff. No, the elites are just giving themselves money through a neoliberal ideology. You it know? all comes back to wealth. Look at who the elites truly are. Yeah. Donald Trump, did he care about upholding the, you know, giving the working class a pedestal and, you know, getting those manufacturing jobs back to Detroit? No. No, look at his tax cuts. They he all went to the wealthiest. Cuts. Exactly. To him as well. <laughs> I say that. And his family and his mates, all these evil cronies. Exactly. Um. It is a very, very deep hole that we are going down, Nick. It's mate, This is the you... info wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. It all, honestly, it all comes out. Have I said on this podcast that I read this article talking about the, the three calamities um, of the modern world, which are the crisis of neoliberalism, the climate crisis, and now coronavirus? No, I don't think you have talked about this, Nick. Well, those are the three calamities, and they're all, gonna, they're all exploding right now. And it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of the, the rubble. Yeah, I'm excited for that, Nick. Yeah. The rubble. Maybe yeah, exactly. it's it's time for a Marxist revolution. Honestly. Please don't sign sound me clip up. that. <laughs> sign me up. Mate. It's been very Yeah, I've just been reading a lot of history about twentieth century Europe. It just sounds a lot more fun. Oh you yeah. Know? Back then socialism, though yeah, the word socialism didn't have all the negative connotations that it does now. A lot of working class solidarity, trade well, unions. On that really point, um, I think news out of the Democrats HQ pretty much is that they will pretty much never use the word socialism or socialist again. I've heard that on the on the back of this election. Yeah. So yeah, another four years of neoliberalism. Either way, guys. Well, it's okay. You can't say carbon tax anymore in Australia, but you can say emissions trading scheme. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> You're just not calling it carbon tax. It's ridiculous, Nick. Um, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Again, let's do it. This might have been a bit rambly today, but me and Nick are very passionate about these issues. That's uh, right. We have degrees, so. Yeah, we're really smart, guys. Yeah. We have a degrees in these things. <laughs> I'll, I'll send someone the reading list if, they want, if they're interested. Yeah. 
again, so things things homework for this week, guys. Uh, watch Q and A or uh, Four Corners. Yeah, from last week. Uh, watch Manufacturing Q- Consent or read the book or listen to the audio book. Yep. What else? Uh, <laughs> that's enough for this week. We'll rate rate and review us on oh, shit, on shit. iTunes. Um, <laughs> more homework next week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, yep. <laughs> Facebook, and uh, Twitter. You, oh, you know all those. And we're gonna tally up the votes um, in the electoral college and see who won the contest. We haven't forgotten. Yeah, we we haven't forgot it. We just need to make sure that Georgia and North Carolina Carolina come through, yeah. and then we'll uh, get it to you. Because we I think I know change. who the winner is already, but you know, oh. we'll move that to one side. All right. We'll we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your week, everyone. See you then.